my dudes, welcome back to my series, Internet Analysis, where I like to research and discuss things relevant to social issues and media. Today, I wanna discuss affiliate culture. Affiliate marketing claims to represent a potential revenue source for everyone, from huge influencers to regular people who just happen to blow up on TikTok. Is this perhaps a way of democratizing making money online? Or are we just turning everyone into salespeople and promoting overconsumption? If you're making content, you're probably already promoting and featuring things organically. Anything you mention, anything in frame, you're giving free marketing to these companies. And genuine, natural word of mouth promotion is very valuable. So let me start by saying I think people absolutely deserve credit. If one or a thousand people buy something because of your influence, you deserve that commission. Recently, I bought this belt because of my friend and co-writer Sheridan. And guess what? She bought these clogs because of me. Unfortunately, we did not not have affiliate links for each other to use, but this just shows the power of a friend's influence or a parasocial relationship. With that, let's explain affiliate marketing a little bit more. Affiliate links are basically referrals. You click my tracking link, the company knows that I sent you, so if you buy the thing, I get a small commission, which can be anywhere from like one to 25% of the item price. Affiliate programs are pretty accessible, like you don't have to be hugely popular or famous to be able to use them. As we know, you usually do need a pretty big following to be able to gain substantial income from ads or sponsors, especially on TikTok, with its not so great creator fund. There are lots of people getting millions of views a month and still only earning like literal pennies. But affiliate links offer monetization opportunities to everyone, creators large and small. And I think it's incredible when people get to be paid for their labor, their content creation. It is work, it is valuable. And I'm not just saying that because this is also my job, but especially right now with the recession looming slash happening, lots of people are trying to find new ways to make extra money. Here's a quote from Rebecca Jennings. There is no escape from the influencer industry. In an increasingly unpredictable economy, one with massive wealth disparity and mass layoffs, where landing a solid career path feels out of reach for so many, of course, the industry that promises self-employment and creative freedom sounds like the best possible option. In my mind, if you're already creating a bunch of great content for free and people are already asking, hey, where's your dress from? I think affiliate links can be a win-win. It doesn't cost any more for the customer and the creator can make a little bit of money casually driving sales for things that would usually go completely unpaid. So that's some of the good that we're told about, right? But what happens if affiliate culture goes too far when it's no longer about natural promotion of things you genuinely like and use and suddenly we're being swarmed with link in bio, swipe up, check my storefront. As I'm sure you know, that's already happened. The line is already very blurred between what people actually use and what trendy items might drive the most click-throughs on their affiliate links. Before we continue, this portion of today's video is sponsored by Two Dots. Two Dots is a puzzle game that's free to download on iOS and Android. When I first started this game, I went in very confident. I was like, I'm going to smash these puzzles. It's actually way more challenging than I expected, which I really appreciate. Here's what the gameplay looks like. When in doubt, make squares. Nothing is more satisfying than finally figuring out a strategy and knocking out a difficult level. If I get really stuck, I like to take a break and check out their weekly events 
hunts, like their scavenger hunts. I love a hidden object game. And just look at that beautiful design. I love how whimsical and cute this scene is. To me, Two Dots is the perfect mix of challenging and stimulating without being stressful at all. It's actually very relaxing. I'm currently on level 25. Now that I've figured out the strategies a little bit, I'm going back and trying to get three stars on all the levels. I'm on a mission. Two Dots has over 115 million downloads globally. So if you want to join in on the fun, you can click the link in the description or use the QR code on screen to download Two Dots. Let's talk about gatekeeping. Imagine you post a video of your adorable dog. It goes viral. You're overwhelmed. You had like 20 followers. Now your video has 10 million views. There's lots of attention, lots of comments coming in, including, where's that shirt from? Link the lamp. Oh, you didn't expect people to ask or even notice that stuff? You try to reply, but TikTok won't let you send links. You could type out the whole product title, but there's just so many comments. Link, link don't, don't, don't gatekeep. Where's the shirt from? Link, um, link, send me the link. Send me, link. Post the link. Post the, the link. damn link. Some people are so entitled and rude about it. Not to sound like a boomer calling the young people entitled, but like people of all ages. The badgering is so intense. It makes me laugh, but really I'm like, we might need to calm down. Because of this environment on TikTok, the action of not sharing where something is from is perceived as maliciously secretive. There's a whole genre of POV sketches making fun of this mean girl trope. Oh, you like my shirt? Thanks. I like your shirt too. Where is it from? Uh, mm, you know, oh man, I'm drawing a blank. Where did I get it from? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, I have no idea. I actually really don't know. Why is she so protective? Why won't she just tell you where the shirt is from? Some say a true girl's girl will always tell you. It's from Target. It was only $8. Here, literally take it. Literally take it off my back. From that phenomenon comes the phrase, Pretty girls don't gatekeep. My interpretation is that it's a response to what is seen as exclusive behavior. Someone purposely withholding something because they think they're better than you. They don't want you to have that thing too. This reminds me of how some companies protect their brand by not carrying extended sizing. I'm looking at you, Abercrombie. And yeah, we're absolutely not about that elitist, mean girl behavior. But ironically, pretty girls don't gatekeep has now evolved into yet another way of selling something. I'm not gatekeeping. I'm actually so kind. In fact, I'm going to share this with you. And it is my affiliate link. <clears throat> this reminds me of de-influencing. Instead of not being influenced, it's become buy this, not that. It's all about the dupes. Buy this $12 lip gloss instead of the trendy $30 lip gloss. I'm saving your wallet. I'm, I'm honestly saving your life. Use my link. It's framed as generosity and goodwill. When really, of course, the creator is not gifting you anything. They're not telling you a secret like they're your best friend. They're simply trying to get you to buy something so that they can get commission. Girl, you're right. I need to learn how to gatekeep, but I literally can't because it's part of my job to put you guys on to the best Amazon finds. Listening to this kind of content, like selling disguised as not selling, was melting my brain. It honestly feels like double speak after a while. Like people will post, my biggest regrets, product is too good, I bought it in too many colors, I'm not even selling this to you, I'm not even selling this to you, I'm just giving you the link for you to buy it. Of course, everything ends up being co-opted by capitalism. Even just the idea that nice people will share information. Though the association with prettiness, beauty and morality, 
Save it for another time, but there's something there. And by the way, I know how people use language changes over time, but I think it's important to mention that historically, gatekeeping was about censorship and controlling what news the masses heard. Gatekeeping has been used against marginalized people as a method of systemic racism. Information, resources, and opportunities were gatekept. That's why I find it a little bit wild to hear someone say, you're gatekeeping because you won't send me a link to a candle. You know, as annoying or selfish as it may appear for someone to not share, they might just not be interested in selling or promoting anything for whatever reason. And I think that's valid. I personally think, especially if you're making fashion or product videos, it takes two seconds to put the brand and the item name on screen in the video. Honestly though, have some people lost the ability or never learned how to Google? I know the Google is free discourse is complex, but I'm not even talking about social issues. I'm talking about shopping. But really genuinely knowing how to Google, how to search for something online is a skill and some people don't know how to do it. Figuring out what keywords can I use to describe this thing? Where should I be searching for it? But the greatest possible tip, as many people have shared, is reverse image search. You screenshot the thing, run it through Google, and you'll probably find it, or at least something similar. So this is my little PSA to please probably don't harass people for links. Continuing on, now we can finally tackle Amazon storefronts. I'm sure you've heard a million TikTokers say, it's in my Amazon storefront. This board is linked to my Amazon storefront. So let me explain how this works. Almost anyone can sign up for Amazon Associates, but the Amazon Influencer Program is a more lucrative extension of that, allowing you to create your customized storefront. Instead of a long list of disjointed links, you can organize everything into one buyer-friendly page. It's not a messy thrift store with random bits and bobs thrown about. There's a home goods section, workout clothing, skincare, makeup, whatever your cart desires. In my mind, there are two types of affiliate creators. The influencers who happen to have a storefront and then the dedicated hardcore Amazon influencers. I think there is a distinction there. For the casual influencer, this always goes back to the idea of passive income. You're just making your usual content and then adding some links to the page. These sorts of creators don't wanna spend lots of time selling on Amazon, but maintaining their storefront for that affiliate income can be worth it. For transparency, I too have a storefront. I made it years ago and I used to link my video equipment, my podcast stuff in there because people asked. I only ever really made maybe like $20 a month. But a while back, I took it out of all of my video descriptions because, you know, I don't want to actively promote the Bezos monopoly if I can avoid it. Though I know I am a drop in the bucket. And because it was a very small portion of my income, it was easier for me to give up. But for the hardcore Amazon influencer, promoting Amazon is a main part, if not the main part of what they do. They post reviews, unboxing videos on Amazon, as well as hosting Amazon live streams, which is basically live shopping like QVC. Amazon has really been trying to push this. There were some leaked deals that revealed that creators could earn between $2,000 to $9,000 in bonuses if they did a minimum number of streams and hit their revenue targets. Again, in addition to the actual commission. Also, it's 
important to note that with Amazon affiliate links, it's not just about someone clicking and buying that exact product. They can get commission from anything someone purchases within a 24 hour period of them using that link. So obviously this is where the big potential comes from. It's all about conversion, baby. That's why some influencers will do anything just to get you to click their link. Then you can forget about the thing you were gonna buy, go about doing your regular shopping, and they're gonna get a commission from that. Now let's talk about the concept of TikTok made me buy it, overspending and wasteful consumption. Many creators have witnessed the affiliate culture and realized there is a ravenous demand, and not even for anything specific, just a demand to shop, to be entertained, to get a silly little package every day. And guess what? They are ready to deliver. They'll tell you all the things you didn't know you needed to buy. On TikTok, there are a lot of creators who literally brand themselves as like your Bezos bestie. Their whole account is dedicated to promoting things on Amazon. These must-haves range from incredibly useful, to absolutely needless and everything in between. There is so much waste and overconsumption, but even as I was researching this section, I found myself getting a little sucked in. I'm definitely not above it. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little gadget. I am sick of my phone getting wet in the shower. I stand here attempting to be a critical conscious consumer, yet my brain cannot resist the shiny plastic objects. But that's the thing about consumption and shopping. It is so enticing and it gives you that sweet, sweet hit of dopamine. So when it comes to all of these things constantly being promoted, we're bombarded with more and more things to buy. What about trust? Who can we count on for good recommendations? When you're walking past that kiosk in the mall and the guy's literally chasing you down with a hair straightener, you're not gonna wanna stop and do it. But if your best friend FaceTimed you and was like, oh my God, like I tried this hair straightener, you know my hair never stays straight and it did it, you need to try it. I find it fascinating how our concept of trust in influencers has evolved over the years. When like bloggers were brand new, people loved them because they were just regular people showing us their lives. Then you had like YouTube videos finally getting sponsored and monetized, and that made you a sellout, inauthentic. The idea of making money online was taboo, and some of that carries on today. There's still a bit of an assumption that content creation is not work. You should do this only because you're passionate. If you have any dreams of making a cent or a living from it, you're bad especially because those income streams often require advertising, dirty, dirty advertising. Though, need I remind you, we live in a capitalist society and we all have bills to pay. So again, people deserve to be paid for the labor. I am really glad to see that we have come a long way. Once again, thank you to my sponsors and thank you to you all genuinely for like not minding and if anything, hyping me up for being able to make a living from this a little sentimental moment. All that being said, I do understand the distrust because there are many influencers who have been shady. I can think of many examples. But to start with, like basic disclosure, that is essential and legally required. We're talking about hashtag ads, sponsored, gifted, PR. People deserve to know, were you paid for this? Did you receive this for free? You have to make it very clear. I am doing a paid ad for this brand. If someone cannot tell that something is an ad, that's a problem. But then when it comes to something like affiliate links, there is often a lack of transparency. It's very common for people to use affiliate links without disclosing them at all. And according to the FTC, which regulates all of this, even hashtag affiliate link would not be an adequate disclosure because not everyone knows what that means. They say technically influencers should be saying something as obvious as, I get commission for purchases made through links in this post. 
You gotta spell it out. But I don't think I've ever really seen anyone say that. Not on like Instagram or TikTok, maybe on a blog at the top of the page, it'll say something like that, but on social platforms, not so much. Now, the realm that fascinates me the most in all of this is the lifestyle girlies. It makes sense. Their genre is literally promoting their entire lifestyle. I looked at these storefronts like Charlie D'Amelio's and Alex Earl's, and as I scrolled through, it reminded me of the old beauty guru classics. What's in my bag? Room tour. Favorites videos. It would be like if you clicked on those videos and didn't watch it, but instead just skipped straight to the links in the description. But there is this weird juxtaposition. The shopping lists on one hand look very personal and mundane, but also like completely out of touch. There's the high and the low. They will literally link everything from Q-tips to iPads. Talk about lifestyle influencing. I wanna have the same Q-tips as Charlie D'Amelio. Another thing that blows my mind is that wish lists are very common on these storefronts. These are things that the influencer does not even own. They have not tried it. They're literally just saying, oh, that looks cute. Or like if they use a luxury item that isn't sold on Amazon, they'll just link a dupe and be like, yeah, that's good for you. I know people are very defensive about dupes. Oh, it's the same thing or similar, but cheaper. I get it, yeah. I think if you use the dupe, sure. But if you've never even tried the dupe and you're trying to sell the dupe as a dupe, how do you know How do you know it's a dupe if you haven't tried it? Anyway, a lot of this TikTok made me buy it leads to product regret and trash. We are told we need this thing. You can't imagine your life without it. It just fuels overconsumption of things that we in fact probably do not need. You don't need a separate thing for your eggs to sit in. It comes with a container that they sit in perfectly. So please, before you buy this stuff, think about the time that, you, that goes into cleaning these containers. I love this creator. Hannah basically has a don't buy that series. And yes, that is true, de-influencing. I'll share one of my biggest uh, product regrets. One time I spent probably $100 on neck products. I was having really horrible neck and back pain. I was like desperate for a solution. So I just kept adding things to my cart and I was like, yeah, these are gonna literally save my life. And unsurprisingly, they arrived. I used each product maybe a handful of times. They sat in a bucket of shame for years. And then finally I gave them away to my brother and I don't even know if he's used them. So now I've just passed on the bucket of shame and eventual waste. Does anyone else get like really stressed out? Like if I have an item in my life that I don't use, I feel such responsibility for it. I'm like, yeah, I don't use you, but I can't just throw you away. That would be horrible. It's my responsibility now to pass you on to a new home. That's why like the idea of filling my life with like thousands of little silly things that I'm not gonna use is like my biggest nightmare. And it already is. I already have too many of those items. Now I just wanna jump in and say, this whole time that I've been researching affiliate marketing, there are remnants, echoes of an old enemy. A lot of this reminds me of multi-level marketing, baby. Obviously it's not the same. Affiliate marketing is not like a pyramid scheme, but it's more about the scammy energy, the desperation to sell, the empty promises. You can make thousands of dollars per month at home. Anyone can do it. It's so easy. Does that sound familiar? To be fair, it is much more likely that you can earn money with affiliates than from MLMs, though that isn't saying much because 99% of people in an MLM profit $0. But if someone buys something using your link, that commission money is real. I will give you that. Another thing that felt scammy about this is that I found so many, frankly, lazy posts. Lay 
And these remind me of Facebook like MLM sales posts. They're really giving us nothing. Like you're only showing us screenshots of this thing that you are fawning over. And it's like a four second TikTok. If you wanted to be more effective with your sales, just like with MLMs, you've got to have that product in hand. It's a lot more enticing if people can see you using the thing rather than just showing a screenshot. But this brings in the MLM-like stock component. Like you've got to have stock of your products. You kind of have to keep buying more and more stuff on Amazon in order to have more stuff to promote and put in your storefront. And here we are, final thoughts. First thing, I want to tell you a little story time, a recent example. I've wanted to buy a desk treadmill slash walking pad for a while. It's been on my mind, but TikTok kept sending them to my For You page more recently. They're a really big investment. They're a few hundred dollars at least. So going into my shopping, I made a spreadsheet so that I could compare specs. Wanted to make sure I was buying the best one for me. Ideally, I would want to buy one in person in a store where I could test it out. Couldn't find any, could not find any. Okay then, what about buying directly from a brand's website? You know, so I can find like a, a legitimate treadmill site <laughs> retailer. Difficult unless I wanted to spend like thousands of dollars, which was not in my budget. So then I'm looking for TikTok reviews, I'm reading tech articles, and everything links back to Bezos Town. They're all Amazon links. And I know like those writers have to do it, it's how the sites make revenue, but it's still a bit of a bummer. So finally, I resign myself to the big A. I'm comparing different products. I'm reading a ton of reviews and I'm only getting more confused. I find this happens anytime I try to research a purchase. Honestly, all the options sound equally questionable. They're different brands, but apparently they're all bad. On the surface, they might have tons of great reviews, but then you get the occasional, this treadmill almost blew up or it broke within a day. The belt shredded immediately and the company is ignoring me. When the reviews are that hit or miss, I don't know who to trust and I do not feel confident at all buying a big expensive heavy thing. Finally, I bought one and it's not great. The The belt kind of slips, it drags, but I have nothing to compare it to. I know what a regular treadmill at the gym feels like, but how is a lightweight desk treadmill supposed to feel? Is this normal? Is this abnormal? This was about $400 and it just doesn't work well enough for me to keep. Every time I've used it, I have to mess with it. I'm messing with the belt and the oils. This item was supposed to make my life easier and better, more convenient. I can walk and work or play The Sims. So anyway, sadly, I'm going to have to return it. And guess what? I'm gonna lose $60 in return shipping. <laughs> Truly, what a sad waste of money. Extremely sad. Anyway, I'm telling this story because shopping is hard and everything leads back to Amazon. I don't want to support Bezos Marketplace, but avoiding it is extremely difficult. Kudos to anyone who can fully boycott Amazon, but there are many reasons that it's hard. I try to shop in person, buy things locally, but I can't always find what I need. A lot of stores these days really aren't stocked well. I know that might be from pandemic production issues. Another example recently, I, I wanted like a long dog gate. I went to multiple stores, couldn't find anything. Meanwhile, you can find pretty much anything in Bezos Town. Actually, there's gonna be 500 different options, all shapes, sizes, and prices. Plus, 
free fast shipping. Amazon is essentially a monopoly. It offers more choice and convenience. It is literally impossible to beat. But even then, if I were to say, okay, no more Amazon, um, I'll just use Walmart or Target. What's really the difference between that? Especially online, their websites are all full of drop shippers and third-party sellers now, unless you sort out like only the products that they carry in store. But at the end of the day, if I'm choosing between three of the biggest retailers, it's like, okay, should I enrich Bezos or the Walton family? I love having choices under capitalism. But anyway, not to depress you, but I just felt like it was essential to talk about like at the end of this whole video that's so centered around using these big websites, I knew people would be like, well, why not avoid them? It is unfortunately easier said than done. I'm still gonna try. I still think we do have power as consumers overall, but I guess my point is, we might not always be able to control where we buy from because of all those factors that are greatly out of our control. But whenever it is possible, we can shop small, shop local, buy used, buy less stuff overall. Avoid the little TikTok made me buy it product of the day. So that is that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again to Two Dots for sponsoring. Click the link in the description or use the QR code to download Two Dots. And a big thank you to my patrons. If you want to support me, you can check out my Patreon. I create bonus videos. We do monthly live streams. Extra thank yous to my executive producer tier. We have Uwu Face, Abby Hayden, Alter Still, Eric Danielson, Freshly Laundered, Jackie King, Jill Hoffman, Julie Leva, Matthew Gray, Megan Collins, MedCat33, Nicole Louise, Sarah Kemi, Stevie May, Tom Walker, Treffa, and VivianOladun.com. Thank you for being patrons. And if you haven't seen my last video, it was basically about all these body and beauty typing tests. We've got Kibby body types, color seeds, Seasons. You can check that out and stay tuned for future internet analysis videos. Okay, thanks. Bye. Finally, I bought one and it's not great. The, the... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ.